0: In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the
1: air. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Happy New Year again. Wow. January 1st, 2024. You know what it means. Um, next year is 2025. Next year, Ewick Adams is up for re election. If he's not in jail, he'll be, um, he'll be running for mayor. And when I hear him talk the way he did over the past two years, but especially the other day, and I'm reminded what an incompetent, uh, fool this person is, I'm like, damn it. Um, He's actually, unbelievably, in this weirdo, uh, political, uh, corrupt culture of ours, he's actually going to be hard to beat if he runs. But I could beat him. I could actually beat this guy. And I'm tempted to make a run for it. Um, I'm sorry, but when (sighs) astonishingly foolish things come out of his mouth, and nobody is, like, everybody seems to just roll with it. The the press, we can't rely on them at all. They are the worst. They are so, they are facilitators of his corruption, of his incompetence. They're intimidated, oh, by the way, because um, he happens to be a person of color. He happens to be black. Now, I don't look at the world this way. You don't look at the world this way, probably. But these bizarro political reporters, they look at the world that way. And it's all about not what somebody is saying, but who is saying it and what do they look like and what is their status. It's one of the reasons why Eric got elected in the first place. The political press corps felt very comfortable picking on the Asian guy, right? The Asian nerd. But the cool black guy gets a pass. Because the mostly white reporters never want to be accused of being racist. Now. Being critical of a black person could get you accused of being racist? Yeah, actually, (laughs) it can. Eric, the mayor himself, would come out and say, you're racist. I'm a black man, that's the mayor. And I'm uncomfortable with the way, remember that? Let's see. There are lots to choose from, but, um... oh, here's something that's kind of, you know when he walks into the room, when he actually kind of comes into the room, they play a silly anthem for him. They actually play a song. They play that What do you call it? Um, That Jay-Z song. Let's go. Uh, This is Eric walking into the room. Strutting in in his suit.
2: There are only two types of Americans. Those who live in New York and those who wish they could. You got this.
1: And then he sits down at the table. His press secretary is about to speak.
2: Good morning, everybody. My name is Fabian Levy, and I serve as deputy mayor for communications for the City of New York. I hope
1: everyone who celebrated uh, had a merry. Fabian, Fabian. He's a, what an annoying voice, by the way, and a slightly annoying name. Who's named Fabian? Yay! Wow, that's actually kind of cool in a way, but. Doesn't sound very municipal somehow, right? Fabian. It sounds like the guy is on the front cover of a, uh, of a romance novel, Fabian. Uh, all right. So according to these guys, they've got everything under control. After all, just listen to the statistics here. Cut eight, please. Cut
2: eight. Transit crime is down um, over, I think, 2.3%. Ridership is up. People are back on the subway system. We're doing a good job in dealing with those who have severe mental health illness and so the plans that we put in place, we see the success of those plans. <laughs>
1: hey, it's down 2.3%. You see, they always play this game 2.3% down off of what? A huge increase. People are getting pushed off the platforms like never before. People are getting killed on the subway for the first time in years. Actually killed down there. There has been – they always play this game, right? And 2020 was total bedlam. So they're cooking the books. They are – According to the government, we're doing a great job. Just ask the government. You can't trust them. This is, this is accounting. This is like Bernie Madoff accounting, right? Uh, let's see here. There's uh, uh, oh, For instance, let's see here. Two people, t- speaking of transit crime, two teenagers were stabbed at Grand Central Station. These two teenagers, uh, young girls from, from Paraguay, they were here as tourists with their parents at a restaurant in Grand Central. And Eric uh, doesn't know a damn thing about it. Don't you think a Rudy Giuliani or a Bloomberg or a Commissioner Ray Kelly would be on the spot with something like this? This is a huge case. Although the media, they want to downplay everything when it comes to Eric because of well, what I told you earlier—that silly high school, um, you know, high school musical gossip uh, nonsense. Let's say here, cut nine, please, Eric. What do you think about those two young girls who were stabbed? What do you have to say? Cut nine. On my opening point, if you have an update,
0: sir, because I don't see any of your public safety officials here with you on
1: the, the high-profile uh, Grand Central incident,
2: do you have an update on that? Yeah, no, no. Um, the Commissioner Caban is going to give me a briefing um, on that, exactly what happened. And anytime you have incidents in these high-profile locations, it sends the feeling of, you know, people don't feel safe. And that's why we have to make sure we, you know, zero in, make the arrest as soon as possible, uh, and make sure we get those repeated offenders off our streets.
1: Now, that's just a bunch of crap, right? It's just a bunch of words that sound good. But when you really drill down, what? There was a major, major uh, international uh, crime of international interest. Two people get stabbed in the middle of Grand Central Station, a beautiful station. They're in town with their parents. He's going to wait. Uh, Commissioner Caban. Who is Commissioner Caban? Nobody knows who Commissioner Caban is. Nobody knows what he looks like. Nobody knows who he is. Is he the DA, assistant DA of Queen? No, that's the police commissioner. You never see him around because Eric wants everybody to believe that he's the police commissioner. I think he's a buddy. I think he's some buddy of uh, of Eric and said, look, I'll make you the commissioner. You'll get all the perks, but just uh, take a lot of vacation and don't stick around because I want people to I'm going to be running the show here. What would you be waiting for? You can't be briefed on that. You have nothing, and the the, the public there—they just accept. I'm not the public, the the reporters. Let's see. There's a a couple of others. Do these get under your skin like they get under my skin? They get under my skin. Um, this Eric Adams referring to himself in the third person. Cut
2: four. You know, there's a lot of people on the sideline that talk about this issue. Trust me, they don't want to be in the seat right now. A lot of people saying, you know, all their ideas, what they would do and how they would fix this. They don't want to be here. (laughs) They are hoping that Eric can fix this and this team can get this done. No one wants this problem. You know, when I was in Washington, the people said to me that met me there, I thank God I'm not you, Eric.
1: You stop that. Stop. Just this is where the narcissism really. Now, he's talking about the migrant crisis, which. I think more than any one person he created in New York City. He was one of the leftist Democrats, not moderate, not any leftist Democrats who uh, promised that New York would be and would remain, would ever forever, will be a sanctuary city. Come here. You're not going to be deported. Come here. You'll get a lot of free stuff. He antagonized the Biden administration. He antagonized uh, Governor Greg Abbott in Texas dared him to send these people up, and they're sending them up. And Eric, first, he thought of it as a great big opportunity to get on television more and to encourage it and encourage it. And yet, yet we uh, love uh, migrants, and uh, now, I mean, we don't want them here. We don't want people who are not vetted, who did not come here legally, who have not taken an oath to uh, support and defend the United States, our Constitution. You know, It was, again, one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen in American life. Donald Trump, 2020, the Republican National Convention, swearing in new citizens from all over the world, Bangladesh, um, Niger, uh, India, uh, Taiwan, I believe. uh, These people from all over come here, legally take our oath. We're one, America. It doesn't matter where you came from. But if you sneak in here, if you commit a crime, And now Eric is bitching and moaning, quite frankly, about uh, he needs billions of dollars to deal with this problem. Would you trust Eric Adams with billions of dollars? He – listen to him. He wanted this job, and he pretends that it's beyond his capacity. Listen to this. Well, it is beyond his capacity, but it's not beyond a municipality's capacity to actually deal with this. Cut six.
2: You know, cities should not be handling national problems. And so I don't have the real understanding of I'm hoping that our national leaders understand that to come a real immigration reform, a decompression strategy, pick up the price tag of this issue uh, and allow people to work. <laughs> they, you know, I'm, I sound like almost a broken record. It's the same thing. People should be allowed to work in this country.
1: People should be allowed to work. Wow. This is uh, immigration. He wants immigration reform. Immigration reform is going to uh, fix it. Cities should not be handling national problems. Well, maybe not, but that's the way it is. It's been that way for a long time. September 11th, 2001. Did Rudy Giuliani sit there and bitch and moan about the national government letting down New York? No, he just did whatever it took in the moment to get the job done. And oh, by the way, you know what? New York is routinely screwed over by the federal government, routinely. And what do we do? We step up and we fix it ourselves. So post nine eleven, you know what was discussed? Uh, by my father, quite frankly, Commissioner Kelly, longest serving police commissioner in the history of New York, and uh, his key lieutenants. The federal government did let New York down. But we were just going to stand by and say, wait for another attack. New York City established, under my father and Mayor Bloomberg, the ultimate intelligence operation in the world that rivaled even the central intelligence agencies. In some ways, it was better because the bureaucracy at the CIA is insane, right? So the NYPD put people all over the world, got a big police department, put all pe- people all over the world, mined its own uh, personnel for Arabic speakers, for Urdu speakers, so many languages, so many countries represented, and said, "You know what? We're not gonna We're not gonna rely on the federal government. We're gonna protect New York ourselves." Eric is a very limited person. All he's ever known is complaining, complaining about the cops when he was a cop, complaining about the state senate and his money when he was a when he was in Albany, and now just complaining about I, I need help! I need help! This is what you get. This is what you get. New York deserves so much better. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. What was the cause of the United States' civil war?
2: Don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. Thank you. And then in the year
0: 2023, it's astonishing to me. Can you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery?
2: What do you want me to say about slavery? No, um,
1: uh, you have answered my question. Thank you. Uh, Nikki Haley uh, possibly blowing up her entire presidential campaign and political life right there. Is that the end of it? I mean, <laughs> ask the question. She's like, oh, wow. It's not like you asked me an easy question, like sarcasm. That's supposed to be a hard question. A fourth grader would just say slavery. A fourth grader would say slavery. A fourth grader. So, um, anybody like the Simpsons? Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. I, I'm the only one who bring them up anymore in conversation, I've noticed. And uh, James Flippen, welcome. Sorry about that. How are you? What's up, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Simpsons. I like to make reference to them. You do? All right, so check this out. Do you remember Apu? Of course. Uh, there was some controversy about Apu.
0: The guy who does his voice, I think it's Hank Azaria, basically says he's not going to do the voice anymore because it's an affect, a Indian-American or, you know, Indian affect accent.
1: I don't know what you mean. Yeah. (laughs) The New York
0: Mets are my favorite squadron. uh,
1: Hank Azaria, (laughs) I don't think it was his idea. I don't think he felt that way. There was like this weirdo pressure campaign. You know, everybody's offended by everything now. and. Whatever. He was probably one of the most delightful characters on that show, Apu. Um, and anyway, I liked that show a lot. I liked Apu. I hope they bring him back. But Apu ran the Quickie Mart, right? And he was married to Manjula, and they had 50 kids. He once cheated on her with the squishy lady. That's and right. what else? He, uh, he visited uh, Quickie Mart headquarters with, with Homer one time. And anyway, turns out he's not a citizen. So he takes the citizenship. He studies all night. He knows American history like nobody's business. And he shows up, does all the paperwork, and he shows up for the citizenship test. And he's asked about the Civil War. You ready for this? All right, go ahead and hit it,
0: please. All right, here's your last question. What was the cause of the Civil War? Actually, there were numerous causes. Aside from the obvious schism between abolitionists and anti-abolitionists, economic factors, both domestic and international, played a significant... Just just say slavery.
2: Slavery it is, sir. Yes, I am a citizen. Now, which way to the welfare office? What? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I work. I work.
1: Oh, you know, what's interesting, actually. I just realized this. Nikki Haley is Indian as well. That's true. And she tried to give a convoluted answer, just like Apu. But Apu He was just, he had all this genuine knowledge, and the very first thing he said was the schism between abolitionists and non-abolitionists, i.e. slavery. Wow. I think I should put that on Twitter or something like that, because I think I'm the only one who's noticed that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I I 100% had forgotten that scene. I remember that episode very well. Uh, I think that's when Apu wore the 10-gallon cowboy hat and the the Mets jersey, because he wanted to be all american or whatever but um i totally forgot that at, at his exam that's really good memory well uh that's me and harry
1: lorraine we were just talking about him what are you doing for the new year i mean it is the new year what'd you do last night
0: yeah well so last night was kind of low-key you know i was filling in for noam this morning and so as you know that means you get up early and stuff so i, I saw the stragglers as i was coming in this morning noam what's up
1: with that guy what he's, about him he's very professional.
0: He is very professional. Yeah. Like almost
1: too professional.
0: Well, I I think that he he can he can you know, we have fun in the newsroom because we like to kind of, you know, knock heads sometimes if we knock disagree. Knock heads? Is
1: that why he had a scar and stitches? No
0: kidding. That guy had 15 stitches at least in the top of his head. Yeah. Well, you know, my father dealt with the same thing. If you have really fair skin, that you get these these different things that could be cancerous. They have to do some tests to figure all right, it out. It
1: was, you guys, you just said you were buttonheads, so it didn't come from that. No, that that all was right, not. No, the yeah, that's right. That. That's right.
0: Well, anyway, uh, he's
1: very professional, and he's your boss, and things are going all right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's the news director. I try to you know carry forth his vision of distributing you know enter, entertaining and interesting stuff, but at the same time we try to keep it as even as as balanced as possible. And, and what the hell just, does that mean? Well, you know, I mean, it's hard to avoid, I guess, sometimes your own personal bias coming into it, because nobody tells us what stories we have to cover at the top of the hour. We get to choose.
1: Uh, yeah, well, uh, we choose to make America great
0: again, right? We often do. Yes, oh, we're trying to. I, I'm sorry. We're trying, I know you we're guys. We're trying
1: to do that every day. You guys are different from the opinion department, and uh, that's great. We need uh, we need you guys, and, and thank you. Well, Happy New Year to you. Happy New i Year. got a couple of questions real quick about the coming New Year and um uh well there's the music i am a little bit discombobulated i stayed up until 1 a.m. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> party animal like a rock star huh a christian rock star
2: <laughs> greg kelly
1: on the red apple podcast network
0: To the Greg Kelly Show.
1: All right, we're back, and it's all the rage now on the left. Uh, you can't beat Donald Trump, so get him off the ballot. All these pro democracy, Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. This Shena bellows. Uh, unfortunately, this is well, it's not going to go forward, and I think it's already been stayed. But uh, do me a favor. This is the Secretary of State of Maine, Cut Five.
2: This decision is based on Maine law and the facts that were presented to me in the Section 336 challenge. It was really important to me uh, to look at the evidence presented in the public hearing and the law and the facts presented in the context of Maine law, sections 336, 337, and 443. Uh, It's a very detailed decision. Uh, We lay out uh, why under Maine law, the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation, I'm duty-bound to make this determination. Uh, We also, I rather, um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, we're an insurrection. Oh, shut the, the hell up. All inception. right.
1: I've heard this a million times as other crap. And now somebody, unfortunately, we never paid any attention to the secretary of state job. Uh, the last time we really paid attention to it was Catherine Harris. Anybody remember Catherine Harris in the 2000 recount down there in Florida? She was a big, big, big deal. And now it's this one kicking Donald Trump off the primary ballot in Maine for an insurrection, unprecedented and tragic, January 6th. Uh, They are so invested in exaggerating that day out of all proportion. You know what? Sometimes I wish I was there. Sometimes I wish I was there on January 6th. You know what I mean? Are you kidding me? I would have liked to have, knowing what I know now, I would have put a camera at very strategic spots so I could find out, well, stuff that we should know already because they have been so – Stingy with those damn videos. I think... You know, <laughs> well, we can release these because uh, the enemy or the domestic terrorist could find out exactly where, what, the cameras are? Look up. There's a camera. Every room in America has a camera on. Let's see. that. There's a camera right there. Every room in America In a, that's not your house and even a lot of people with houses now, James Flippin have cameras all over the place. Um. So, look, we've been lied to. They have so blown it out of all proportion, and I do believe it was an inside job. I believe they deliberately, through a wink and a nod, you may never find an email that says this, but they thought if somehow those Trumpers were allowed into the Capitol or encouraged to go to the Capitol in some way, shape, or form, that they could label it an insurrection and besmirch, tarnish the entire MAGA movement and cancel Trump.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the thing that to me sticks out is that it seems like this whole insurrection thing is mostly a media story, a media charge allegation. Because if you look at the January 6th defendants, none of them were charged with insurrection. None of them were allowed to blame President Trump in putting forth a defense in front of the court. That wasn't allowed in terms of their defense, blaming President Trump. And Trump's never been charged with insurrection. So where is the insurrection? also, as far as I know, President Biden's the president. We had a, a transition of power back in January of 2021. So I don't understand.
1: It's all a lie. I do think some of these protesters were encouraged to uh, protesters, the January 6ers were encouraged to blame Donald Trump. I don't know if I heard that as that was disallowed. I think some of them actually said that out of desperation because there are people who didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody, who are in jail for years. Are you crazy? These mm. are political prisoners. And I hope to God they get pardoned. I mean, one or two maybe deserve prison time, uh, but en- ha- Enrique Tarrio
0: does not. Um, haven't they sort of suggested that Trump's culpability, some part in some part, comes from him suggesting he would pardon these people? Uh, I thought I read something along the lines of, you know, that was giving favor to or something. like that. They threw
1: that in there, but you got to remember, he said that he said that well after he was president, right? Yeah he said that you I don't can't remember. go go back in time and say oh well I told them I'd oh aid and comfort you see it's all like you got a bunch of ruthless nasty uh, prosecutors uh, former and present like with their massive rule books thinking how can we get Trump how can we get Trump you know you hear the spirit of the law and the letter of the law well they, they're they're twisting the letter of the law to get Trump and it's not working these cases are slowly but surely not, 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 I wish it was happening faster, but they are blowing up. You know, the Supreme Court called BS. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more of that, this Jack Smith. When's the last time? You've been in local news for a long time. Have you ever seen a prosecutor run away from microphones like Jack Smith? He, he announces a big inna- indictment, and then he runs away.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess if I'm thinking back just the last few years, because that's my exposure to special counsels mostly, other than like, I don't know, Ken Starr or something like that. Most of the time, I don't feel like special counsels maintain a big media presence like you know i don't remember durham doing a lot of press until finally his report dropped muller kind of the same thing i don't know maybe that's the reason why he doesn't speak right now i, I that's the only thing i can think of
1: it's interesting actually all the cases associated with trump <laughs> they 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 clam up they clam up uh ken Starr, those guys were i i, I can't remember it was in yeah, the late 1990s same with me. Ken Starr is dead, by the way. Mm. Another person who just died, and you don't even, like, you, you, you used to, like, you. you uh, somebody would die, and it would leave a mark, right? I'm talking about in the early 90s, early to mid, all of the 90s and early 2000s. Like, there was an actor I used to like. His name was Powers Booth. Mm-hmm. Anybody remember him? Yeah. He played um, Jim Jones in a TV movie. He was great. And he also played Alexander Haig in another movie, uh, the Nixon movie by Oliver Stone. Anyway, when that guy died, you know, oh, wow, Powers Booth died. It would be a thing. And you'd read the obituary and then, you know, you would to wonder about it. You might read one other article and then, you know, like, but it would, since you weren't constantly taking in information all the time, I, I feel like it doesn't seep into your brain adequately because all these people who died in 2023 i i didn't know half of them died in 2023 did you know that uh well i knew jimmy buffett died okay remember him um
0: i knew tony bennett died yep remember that um because i didn't know he was a painter i found that that out after he passed away
1: i think he, he, yeah yeah let's see um well i guess i knew most of these people died <laughs> i mean but wait, wait 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 bobby knight but that was very recently that
0: was recent yep Gordon Lightfoot. Did you know that? Yeah, because I remember playing the music when he he passed away. All right. What
1: about Pee Wee Herman? He's Uh, dead, you know.
0: Wow. Yeah, I guess I do remember that. Um, Geez, what's his real name? Paul. Paul Rubens. Yeah.
1: Remember, that was the guy who was uh, manipulating himself in a theater. Yes. Remember that? He got busted for that sport. You mean like that's what he's known for?
0: Right. Just to throw it out there in his defense, I guess it was like an adult theater it wasn't like a regular movie theater like it wasn't like the cineplex down the street
1: you think it makes it much better if it was uh, like
0: it's a, a little different don't you think it's no, a little bit porno, different let me think first of all we don't have porno theaters anymore right no jeez. when, when no. was this i mean it was years ago right this was like in the 90s i think i guess
1: you're right he was manipulating himself not
0: and there at, were like other people there doing it you know what i mean like he wasn't like in the middle of like a cartoon i don't know well you're I, not
1: allowed to do that period you're not so uh, well, I'm take sure. that to heart. Who else died? Uh, Sinead O'Connor. Yep, remember that. Now, Burt Bacharach died. The funny thing mm. about Burt Bacharach dying—the day before he died—I was just went on this deep dive about Burt Bacharach, just wanted, really wanting to know more about him and his wife Angie Dickinson. They were married for a while. Wow, and he had a child. And I found myself wife And then he died. And uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Like there are three people I know knew who were thinking about Burt Bacharach the day before. It was just, isn't that wild? Brain waves, yeah. Those kinds of things happen. All right, so we've got that going on. The other thing, New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions, I am, uh, the 6.30 exercise thing so far is working out very well. Uh, I'm drinking water like a lunatic. That is working out very well. That helps me get up at 6.30.
0: Hmm. Why, you sleep better because of it?
1: No, I quite frankly have Have to to go to the bathroom bathroom, at roughly that time.
0: Yep. How about you? Resolution in 2023? twenty twenty three. Well, I've I've resolved to do an episode of my podcast at least once a month because I I lapsed in. Why well, you laugh? But it's not oh, my, my only podcast. Gracious! It's not my only podcast. Uh, my, my flipping out radio podcast. I think once you a should, month.
1: How about you uh, scale back on the weed? All right. There, there's only I'm sorry. There's only one explanation for you to step it up to one podcast a month. And now I remember you smoked the the weed, ganja, as Rosanna Scotta would call it. And uh, I, well, I'll, how about <laughs> I, this? I'm sorry. Can That's I just like, mention? Uh, I'm can, gonna
0: I'm gonna step it up. I'm gonna start working out once every two weeks. Can I just mention that I am participating in Dry January? Uh, my uh, Chris and I like to enjoy a bottle of wine uh, sometimes on a Friday or Saturday night, and we are going Dry January. I notice you're not taking, you're not
1: foregoing the weed. You seem focused on that in oh, well, particular. Dry January. I guess it's technically dry. Smoke is dry. Right. All right. Look, how long have you been
0: smoking that stuff? Oh, man. I mean. Before to... it was legal. Correct. Uh, Has the statute right. of limitations expired?
1: No, I think you're okay, but uh, how long?
0: So, I mean, you know, at least back to college. Holy cow. How often? Oh. Uh, how often? You're high How? right now, aren't no, you? Oh no, no. no! It go it it comes and goes. I mean, I wouldn't say like for example, it's it's kind of to me like drinking wine or something like that. Maybe some weekends I don't really feel like it, or maybe if I'm hanging out with friends, it, it might happen, or um, if I'm you know going to watch a movie, maybe that might happen beforehand. Why would you watch a movie high? It adds to the enjoyment.
1: It, it, does it make a mediocre movie somehow better?
0: Not necessarily. I think it just, if anything, it kind of puts me in the mindset where I can more accept that it's a movie. You know oh. what I mean? Like the the fictional creation. Stop with the weed. I, that is your resolution. Okay. All right? And and And, and
1: start getting serious about these podcasts. Once a month, I'm going to increase it to once a month. I'm doing it once every three weeks, and I feel like I'm way behind.
0: Way behind. How about I do once every three weeks?
1: No, uh, uh, that's my starting point. Okay. All right. I'll just be running laps around you. I know you can do better. Jane Slippin. Love you, man. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Happy and New Year. We'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly.
1: Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Listening to the Greg
2: Kelly Show.
1: We'll be joined in a moment as we as we start 2024 by my eldest daughter, Annalise. She is three, almost four. Annalise, are you there? Hello? Hi, honey.
2: I just wanted to tell you something. I cut out the heart for you when you, cu- when you came home and when it's night, when it's too dark, you come home really fast when they have the heart for you.
1: You cut out a heart for me, honey. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love you. Hey.
2: You have to, you have to yeah. What me, I,
1: all right. I love it. Thank you. What color is the heart?
2: Orange and red and blue.
1: Orange and red and blue. Honey, how did you and like how did you like the pony that you went on? Tell me about the pony ride.
2: It was good, but you have to run you have to rush home because and if I have the heart for you. Okay?
1: Okay. What's for dinner? What is what's going on over there?
2: It's good it's um I'm okay right there, but I'll I'll tell you what I have, to, what what I I what what what, what All is right. it. let
1: me talk to mommy, okay, honey? I love you.
2: Bye. Hey, how are you?
1: Well, that was really nice. How is she doing? That's Annalise. She's three, coming up on four. Uh, what's for dinner?
2: Chicken. <laughs> how exotic? Chicken. <laughs>
1: A chicken McNuggets. All right, honey, how do you feel about 2024? Uh, Are you excited? Are you uh, apprehensive? Uh, What kind of start do you think we're off to?
2: I just want January 2nd to come around when all the nannies come back from their holidays. That's all I care about. All the
1: nannies, you and your friend. I mean, look, you have a great babysitter who helps you uh, a great deal because... You're working full time and I'm working full time and we've got that uh we got a special babysitter in our lives and uh and uh she's been off for how long?
2: Uh, I think it feels like an eternity, but I think it's 10 days.
1: Well, hey, you deserve it, honey, all the help because we all know that I'm no help when it comes to that stuff. I try. I'm you know i i just oh gosh all that you know i i don't know what i'm doing right i mean it's 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 appropriate this way you don't want me changing diapers i would be terrible at it
2: you're fabulous at the photo ops
1: Okay. <laughs> love you, honey. And, uh... Love you. Bye. Happy I'll see... New Year, sweetie. Happy it's New Year. a
2: good one. You're doing such a great job. Uh-oh. Fight the fake news. Keep up the good work. Get a Republican elected. Yeah. Whoa,
1: whoa, up. whoa. Getting all partisan and political on me. I love it. I love it. Thank you, honey. Bye-bye. Uh, Annalise and her little, uh... Boy, she made it sound like we're, like, ultra rich. We got a babysitter and her babysitter's daughter. And she called The nannies. <laughs> the nannies. <laughs> I call it the babysitter or the babysitter's daughter. Uh, My wife does uh, a lot, uh, a lot. I mean, my goodness gracious, she works uh, full-time, and she cares for these kids just about full-time. I mean, there's very little. One goes to nursery school. The other goes to like a special kind of day camp, so that gives her a little bit of a reprieve during the year. Two stories I'm going to be watching uh, in the days ahead. Did you hear about the a uh, University of Wisconsin chancellor who just got fired for making porno with his wife. Um, they made porno together, and they put it on OnlyFans, and you can actually find it on, well, on the sites you find porn on. His name is Professor Gao G-O-W, and this, I guess, is something, this is a bit of a, a, a noodler. Is he fireable for that? He's having consensual sex with his spouse and he put it on video and people can watch it if they want to watch it online. He's a professor of communications, not human sexuality. So is there a problem with that? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to say that this guy should be fired. I don't know. I mean, I personally, I would be mortified. You know, I, I, I don't want that. I don't think he should be fired. I don't think he should be fired. It's his wife. It's consenting. It's, uh, I don't think he meant for everybody to see it. It's. It was initially on an OnlyFans thing. I don't know. The other story I want to keep an eye on, Did you hear about the civil rights leader who goes to a movie theater? Well, they call him a civil rights leader. I never heard of the guy. He goes to a movie theater and he uses his own chair. He brings a folding chair and he puts it in the aisle and he demands to sit there. A civil rights leader was escorted by police out of a North Carolina movie theater after he insisted on using his own chair for medical reasons, prompting an apology from the nation's largest movie theater chain. I don't think you're allowed to bring your own chair. The incident occurred Tuesday in, a Greenville, in Greenville during a showing of the color purple. Who wants to see that? I remember the first one vaguely. The Reverend William Barber II said he needs the chair because he suffers from ankylosing spondylitis, a, a disabling bone disease. Barber, 60, leads a nonprofit called Repairs of the Breach, which focuses on issues including voter suppression, and poverty. He also chairs the National Poor People's Campaign, which is modeled after an initiative launched in 1968 by the late Reverend Martin Luther King. That sounds slightly sketchy to me. Martin Luther King is not sketchy. But the uh, up with people, down with poverty thing, uh, that might be uh, the poor people's campaign. I don't know. During an hour-long news conference, Barber spoke in support of people with disabilities and the need for businesses to provide accommodations. Yeah, we got ramps, we got up ramps, we got down ramps, we got handles, we got, low, we got low toilets, we got big stalls, we got all that stuff. I know that if I cannot sit in my chair in a theater in Greenville, North Carolina, that there are thousands of other people who will be excluded from public spaces in this nation. Give me a break. And AMC is apologizing to this guy. Now, let me look it up because I haven't seen a picture. I am just, I got the sneaking suspicion that Reverend Barber here might be black. All right, because I don't care. But AMC corporate, I don't see them apologizing to some white person who used their own chair. Have you ever seen that? I've been going to movies for a long time. I have never in my life seen somebody set up a folding chair. Oh, and there he is. He certainly is. Uh, happens to be black. AMC. Let's see. here, AMC. Uh, AMC asked an armed security guard and local police officers to remove him after he stood firm on using the chair. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, you can't do that. Barber said he left his 90-year-old mother behind with an assistant to watch the film. <laughs> Video incident: Video shows barber taking to an officer before walking out of the theater. Talking, uh, talking to an officer. Greenville Police. AMC apologized in a written statement, saying it welcomes and works hard to accommodate guests with disability. You wimps, you're caving before the woke mob. And the woke mob doesn't seem very big. It's this guy Barber and his ninety-year-old mom. Come on, toughen up. Um, no offense, Mister Barber.